Hello, my loves. I am Sierra Melker. Welcome back to Integral Women and Red Thread Publishing. We are bringing a series of interviews with authors, young authors and aspiring authors, the story behind the story. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by two young women that I've been in contact with over the past year. I'm just going to ask you all to introduce yourselves and the team that you're on and the project that you're working on. Welcome to our little conversation. Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Panishriya Kshintala. I'm from New Jersey in the US. I am 17, literally about to turn 18 in a couple of days. And yeah, I'll let Sophia introduce herself. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Sophia. I'm from Brazil. I'm 19. I'm a sophomore in college, and Panishri and I met on an airport while we were traveling to Thailand. Um, after we came back from Thailand, we formed a group, and we call ourselves the Radical Granddaughters. And that is because we met really cool people while we were in Thailand who are the Radical Grandmas. And we set out to kind of share this story and um, explore bringing their story to life in different ways. And so our team is not just Sophia and myself. We're actually a couple other girls. We span, I think, six different countries. Not everyone is here, but everyone's voice really did come together to make this interview possible and our story possible. So thank you for having us, Sierra. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that we're here. It was about a year ago that I first got in touch with you all. You reached out and so I'm so excited to continue the journey with you and be exploring, learning from you in the course of this conversation, but also sharing your project with the rest of the world. Um, inspiring to me to be connected with you all. Um, the purpose of these interviews is to really look like the title is the story behind the story. When we read a book or even a, a blog, we just get access to the finished product. And for all these people who have stories on their hearts that they don't that they want to share, but maybe they don't know how, this is a look behind the scenes to see the work, the progress, the struggles that go into what becomes a final product. Um, the work that you all are doing is so inspiring. And I love the radical granddaughters, the radical grandmothers, these incredible ideas that you're working to bring about. Um, my first question for you all is, is why you're building a children's story together. Why does this story need to be told? Okay, that's a really good question. I think there's a couple different components to it. So I'll try to get the ones that I remember. And I think Sophia can fill in for me after. I think the really, really big one, one is just because when we, when we went to Thailand to experience kind of the village with the grandmothers, we were not only able to hear their story from them, but we also got to live in their homes with them. Like to us, they're not just an inspiring story that deserves to have space in the world that deserves to be celebrated by everybody else, but 
in a sense, like they are our grandmothers and we should celebrate them because, you know, they gave us space not only in their homes, but in their hearts. So to us, I think writing this story is also a way of honoring them and kind of thanking them for letting us into their lives, into their spaces. But, you know, apart from that, I think also when we, I think there's a lot of great things in the world today and there's always been a lot of great things in the world, but you know, along with that, there have been some not so great things in the world. And um, essentially their story is that a mining company pretty much exploited their village and took advantage of them for resources in their mountain. And that to me is extremely heartbreaking since, you know, you see a way of life that has persevered for generations. And that's a way of life they hope to pass on to their kids and to their kids and so on. But to me, I think some of the most inspiring thing is from at least my point of view, from my life, when I see people fight back, um, maybe it's just because I'm so privileged to be in that circle, I usually see really young voices stand up. And, you know, usually with old age, we kind of associate fragility and, you know, people that are more demure, laid back. But, you know, there's a kind of fierceness that these grandmothers have and that I think also communicates the fierceness and the perseverance that women have. And I think that's a story everyone needs to know because I think there's a very complicated dynamic and narrative that women have to face today. And I think young children of all ages, you know, of all ethnicities, of all backgrounds, they deserve to have a story told where there is, you know, a 70 and 80 year old grandma that, you know, doesn't take any anything from even the government and is willing to fight for her home and see that kind of bravery and strength and perseverance. And that it doesn't necessarily just have to come in, you know, in the form of picking up some sort of armor, picking up some sort of weapon, it comes with extreme, you know, coordination, control, empathy, and kindness. And those are all forms of strength as well. So to me, that's like one of the most important reasons why this story has to be told, because I think it fundamentally challenges the narrative we have around women, older women, and what braveness and courage is in general. Yeah, I don't think I could have put it better than Finish, you just did. Um, but I think there are two other aspects to why we are so involved and why we decided that this was a project that we wanted to pursue, which are one, a very personal thing. I think it touched us in a way that words cannot express. And in a time in our lives that we, as young people, are questioning these values and this lifestyle that was put upon us. And going to the village allowed us to see that this is not the only option. There are so many ways to live our lives. And I think these core values that the grandma's story kind of question is why we decided to turn it into a children's book. Because we think these are very universal themes these are very universal problems that the grandmas, you know, one of the things that struck me the most is that I took personally 13 flights in 30 days to get to the village and back from the village. And I crossed half the world to see a problem that was so common and so like just on the daily that I see in my own country. And I think the fact that the grandmas were able to um, overcome that struggle, even though there are, and I think we'll talk about, about that later on, but there are threats of the mining coming back, the mining company coming back. I think the, the fact that they won when the odds were so stacked against them, I mean, they, they did this in a dictatorship. 
they did this against an Australian mining company. And they did this as a small village and small grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, it was very inspiring, very hopeful to us as teens looking at this world and seeing like, why is the world like this? Why is it that grandmas in that are just there living their lives have to have just this minors and not necessarily minors, but it's just businessmen come and change their way of life. And how is that, that how is it that that's possible and that's common? And is that the life that we want to pursue? And is that the world that we want to live in? And the second point um, that I think also really impacted why we wanted to tell the story is because currently in Thailand, there has been uh, really cool protests and people defying a lot of outdated rules with the monarchy and with uh, censorship of freedom of speech. And there have been a lot of people arrested recently and a lot of people, a lot of threats to, to freedom of speech in general. So I think it's a great time to talk about Thailand and it's a great time to talk about these topics you know, within the, the climate change movement and what is and teenagers just questioning what the world is and why is it that it has to be this way because it doesn't. I think that's two really, other than what Finish we brought, two other aspects that are very impactful for us. Listening to both of you gives me chills. The, the follow through, because I think everybody has lived something that touched them. But I, I know that we don't all have the confidence, um, the support and the structure to use our own voices, even if we're using our own voices in, uh, in honor of and in defense of other people to use their power. And so um, I'm, I'm just so excited for the work that you're doing, the project and, and the book that you're creating. Um, you hinted at it already a little bit and anyone who who's ever dreamed of writing a book or sharing a story has probably found obstacles. But what I heard from you, and this has been coming up for me a lot also is like every story serves as a map, a map for other people, whether it's just showing another way to live your life or um, a way to use your voice or to stand up for what's important for you or how to navigate a difficult situation. Every story is a map. And when we can do the work that it takes to take an experience and transform it into a story because they're not the same. There's the experience and then there's the story. When we do the work to, to translate an experience into a story, we're creating a map for others, infinite numbers of others. And so, that for me, the value in that is incredibly obvious. But the obstacles, what are the obstacles individually, as a team, logistically, you've come across? And, and maybe how do you continue to go forward in the face of those obstacles? Um, just to serve as a reference to other people who may have encountered similar obstacles. 
So once again, that's also a really, really good question. And there's also more, like a couple of points we have to hit here. I think the first one, the primary one is that this story doesn't belong to myself. It doesn't belong to Sophia. It doesn't really belong to anybody except the grandmas. And um, if anything, you know, it was an honor and it was a privilege to even to, to be a part of that story, to, you know, hear that story. So I guess preserving the honor and the dignity that comes with that story, that comes with that struggle um, from our perspective is probably one of the hardest obstacles because we need to keep in mind what it's like to digest a story like this from a younger kid's perspective. And then also keep in mind, okay, how do we preserve this? So the awesomeness of the grandmas comes through. So I guess that's one of the big struggles. And the second one, I guess another pretty obvious one is logistics. We do span across five or six different countries and time, do time zones just don't cooperate. So oftentimes figuring out those meetings, you know, somebody's getting up really early, somebody's going to sleep really late, somebody's doing something to make it all happen. But I think, I guess I could answer the second question you asked as well, how we kind of get over those obstacles. I think sometimes there's just projects or if not projects, there's people that, you know, you're really committed to that you know, you really enjoy spending time with. I think these girls, you know, we're not just co-authors together. We had one of the most transformative experiences of our lives together and we're still committed to each other. You know, our time that we spend together isn't just writing, it's also goofing off and talking and doing regular things that teenagers do. So I think preserving your team dynamic, reminding each other, you know, what we're here to do and also reminding ourselves that every meeting isn't just about the mission, it's about each other as well. So I think, you know, keeping those in mind kind of helps overcome that obstacle. And I think another one would just be that when you have so many voices, especially when you're writing a story together, six different voices coming together to preserve a different voice, one that we're not necessarily a part of. Um, obviously, we're going to have differing opinions, different writing styles, different thinking styles, you know, just even the different way we write, where we put our commas, what words we choose. You know, it's it's so funny because I think major plot points are easier to, you know, resolve than it is to resolve where do you put a comma where and why we put it there. So I think, you know, and, and I guess the answer to how do you resolve that is also just laughing it off sometimes. I mean, they're really silly arguments, but I think we all know like it's not serious where that comma goes eventually probably won't decide the fate of this story so i think having those moments where you can trust each other and where you're willing to be like i really don't disagree i really disagree with this that's key so building up that team dynamic but also realizing that this story doesn't just ride on you like if i wanted the comma there and it doesn't end up there you know it doesn't mean my voice isn't important. It doesn't mean that the story isn't going to turn out amazing. It just means that there's a bigger picture to consider. So I think a large part of this, especially I think if anybody's considering group writing, is that it really is bigger than just you and your story. And making your team a priority and your relationship with your team a priority is also key. Because, you know, I'd much rather have this group of girls with me than, you know, <laughs> die fighting on the hill about where the period is going. So I think a large part of it is just connecting with each other and, you know, valuing that friendship as well, because that friendship is the core of what brought us together. And it's what will carry us through the rest of this process. Yeah, I think friendship, as Finishly mentioned, is 
a key to our project, but in a sense, community is the biggest probably theme of our book. So it makes a lot of sense for us to do this as a collective and not as a personal project. And I, I think that's a very unique uh, thing about our book. It's a 32 page book that is written by six people. So, um, and it's taken us a long, long time. It's taken us like over a year now um, because we are enjoying the process and because we love each other. And it's, it's really just a friends who gathered on Friday nights to, on my Friday nights, probably like Sophie's who's in Australia morning, Saturday mornings um, to, to just, have fun and do something that means a lot to us. So I think that's how we've overcome the challenges that come with having six different voices into writing one project. I think another thing that has been an obstacle for us, especially in the beginning, I think we've overcome that by now, is um, kind of getting out of our boxes. I think as people, we put a lot of limitations into our projects and in, into you know, the things we think we're capable of doing and uh, breaking that barrier of what we thought we could do and what we could do was very important in the beginning. Um, I remember the first draft that we had um, was very straightforward. It was very focused on the, the events and on the, the actual things that happened to the grouse. And we soon realized with the help of Sierra and with the help of Teddy and Dragon, who were um, very great in the process of the beginning of writing the book was that there is a deeper meaning and deeper values that can come across that we can find different ways to present it to little children. So uh, we've used magic now and mount mountains like is a character and those little ob like those little um, perks and like perks of our story um, comes from us kind of crushing this idea of what we had to do and our preconceived notions of what telling the story would have looked like. So I think that was a great obstacle for us as well. And I'm very happy with how we've overcome that. We just let our creative minds kind of flourish and let it um, go crazy. And then we would kind of backtrack a little bit and then let it go crazy again. And um, I think that comes from also design thinking and how we apply design thinking, which is kind of a method of problem solving to our book. It's something that we touched on in Thailand with our program. And there is a, I, I'm pretty sure it's ideate, which is when in a phase of problem solving where you just let all your ideas out and you just talk about crazy options and crazy directions that a project could go. And I think that has really helped us kind of break our preconceived notions of what we can do and what we can. Oh, there's so many nuggets in here. And, and the reason I want this interview series is so that we can have these conversations, we can learn from one another. Every author can learn from other authors. Um, and you all, like you say, a, a group project is a totally different thing. It's not even, the, um, I've been part of group books where each individual author writes a chapter and you smush them all together. This is so different. You are 
like one mother, your six mothers creating one child. And like, how do you do that? Um, but you, you, the, the main cores that I heard, and I've heard these before are like having such a strong motivating why. Each of you knows exactly why you're there, why this story wants to be told, that there is that communal nature that you're you're having fun while you're doing it it's not just do the hard work so you have the product result at the end but the whole you know that wonderful cliche it's the journey it's not the destination if you're having fun every damn step of the way then you're like it was a good journey um and there's a destination and there's i think one of the the changing trends that's happening in the world is more communal projects more communal efforts rather than celebrating individuality and I'm going to do this by myself blah blah um, and then the last thing Sophia the really shattering what you thought you could do and, and who knows what you can do if you're open to anything you can do so much more than you believed and at the at the core of of what I'm bringing is I want every woman, every young woman, every old woman, every woman in between, and every man really, to really grasp that reality that we are much more capable than we maybe give ourselves permission to be, or that we're even comfortable with, like, we sort of learn to find our limitations comforting. But when we throw that out, so much more is possible. It can be a little terrifying to be so much more capable, but it's also really exciting. And um, so I wanna thank you for your time. I wanna congratulate you and honor you again and always for just the drive that's letting you build this story. And in the show notes, I wanna include a description of your project all the names of all the people working on it. I know your book is not published yet, but as soon as it's published, we will update that so that anyone who's ever watched this interview can read your book, um, can follow the process of its birth and release into the world. And I just wanna thank you both again and all of the, the young women in your team for the work that you've been doing because it lights me up. It absolutely inspires me. So thank you for joining me here today. Um, thank you for the work that you do. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate your time and you know, giving us a space for our voice to be heard. Also all the help through the process as well. You were one of the main people who pushed us and, and told us we could do better and, and make our book just bigger and fuller of life. And yeah, so thank you for today and for all the help. It's totally my joy. Thank you. Sending you love. Thanks for tuning in. Check in next week. There will be another interview in this, the story behind the story author interview series where we're talking about writing, book publishing, and everything in between personal and professional growth and how really digging into our stories, sharing our stories is the most intentional and accelerated personal and professional growth you will ever have. Until next time.